The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. And the song's just like, you know, then it goes, I feel like. Wow. Hi everyone, welcome to Righty's House. Hope you are all safe and well. Today we are going to chat about Jill Scott and Ellen White's retirement, and Manchester United's win over Liverpool, and the Premier League season so far. And my guests are Ryan Hahn and Flo Lloyd. You. We're in person. Why is, Clo- why is Flo? Does Flo have to be in this seat? I think because of the camera. Yeah. You don't want Flo next to you. I just wanted to because look at look at look at the space. It's just like. I think it's it looks of the really cameras. good on here though. It looks so good, you two next to each other with the writer's house behind. I, I now I've realised why there's like a, a makeup bit in the green room. Yes. Next time I'm going to powder gonna up. You're going to powder up? Yeah. I'm going to powder up. I'm going to suit up. I need to get some uh, tips off you because you're the TV. No. The TV I, I, and plus, f- during, during the pandemic, we had to make, do our own makeup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, did, do you remember that? I don't remember that. No one was, you doing, was you working in and around that time? Wasn't it? Honestly, it was, it was so annoying. Thank God, because I cannot do my own makeup. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what was really Come crazy? Come look like a clown. You <laughs> look like the Joker. Crossy the clown. Look at like it Harley Quinn. <laughs> face, face painted. Literally. Just got like, with a tiger. I love it. Oh, oh, you, please, wanted, Flo, you, you wanted stage makeup? Oh, I just thought you were doing Spider-Man Flo, today. Please, one day, can you just do your own makeup and just come and do the podcast so I can see what you'd look like? Just doing it. And I'm not saying it, just do it like, oh, just for stupidness. Like, I'm just going to put this on. Just do it how you think. Yeah, this is. And I can't. Then, I'm so. I, I've got a tiny bit of mascara on today, but I just. I genuinely don't know how to do it. Not like the people at PLP know how to do it. Not like the pros. Is it just like just never, just never wanted, to, never done it? I've just yeah, I've just never done it. I've never learned. I need to watch some YouTube videos or something. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. There's a makeup. There's a makeup tutorial. There's a YouTube tutorial for everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's all my friends do. They go on YouTube and learn from the pros. I think we should keep this bit in. You think? <laughs> I think so. Make up for Flo. Yeah. <laughs> did, I t- did I tell you one, Flo? I, I, there's a whole day I spent just, for some reason, it's like an, ear, an earworm for some. I just kept saying it because I kept getting her name wrong. Flo Lloyd Hughes. So now, I remember I was on the golf course. I kept saying, I was saying your name <laughs> all day. Flo Lloyd Hughes. Can I just tell you, I watched the film the other day. You watched the film? Elvis. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. My friend is now obsessed with the guy that's in it because yeah. she said the film Austin was Butler. so good. He was amazing. And um, because obviously 
so I, I, did I mention I saw Bullet Train? No spoilers, but I'm just pleased. Is it good? No. Oh, okay. But like, <laughs> Okay. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. We're going to talk about this a little bit. We were at the Man United Liverpool game the other day, and he was holding court telling everyone about how crap it was. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't like when things are that bad. When I'm looking forward to them so much because they've got people in there that I love. Yeah, you know, someone like Brad. I love Brad, and he's gone in there, and then I've realised after five minutes of watching, this is your fucking filler film, bro. I'm watching your film. I've filler. heard amazing things about it, though. God, watch it. It's just like a mixture of... I haven't even seen the trailer for it, which is quite know, nice because I feel like I could go in blind. Tarantino, um, Guy Ritchie kind of like, I don't know, just like Kung fu kind of... I don't know. I, and that's the thing. I left it. But like, I watched Elvis. Made me cry. Wow. Made me cry. Again. And you know what? I, I mentioned to you about representation. And management. Did I, did I, was I saying it to you because we was, we was playing? I didn't, obviously I didn't say it About the guy you. who was managing Elvis. Yes, Colonel, oh, okay. Tom, Colonel yeah. Tom Parker. Mm. What a shyster. <laughs> is, that the, is that the character Tom Hanks plays? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Elvis, honestly. I just, and what happened to Elvis? And, and because he was, he, was, he was so good. And because he kind of like transcended black and white, um, um, rock and roll and gospel mm. and everything. And then he had his... His, his shaky leg and all his vibe they, they banned him they banned him from dancing like that and said it was it was wrong to be banging the table I can't help it I'm He's so, so angry. angry so angry at Tom so angry how what dare happened? they you know he, he, he wanted to ride a Harley Davidson but because he had this image they he, he, they didn't want him to have a Harley Davidson simply because um, it's, it was bad boys and it was done and he idolised he idolised like James Dean he wanted to act like James Dean and um, he wanted uh, like the, the Harley and Marlon Brando and he wanted to out Harley they got him like a, a, a Honda right a little Honda and they like put ape hanging bars on it and all things on it to try and make it look like Harley Davidson but it's just had massive Honda on it it looked ridiculous I was thinking oh my god fancy having to live like that it's just it was so sad it was so sad it was it was like it's like Michael Owen's story I was speaking to Michael Owen the other day because we was in Dublin doing something. I can't something. believe we're having Elvis is, and Michael Owen in the same sentence. I think me and Flo might just no. tip off. No, no, no. Sorry, guys. No, no, no. I'm just quickly just Yeah, because they, they could use it on and on. But the thing is... is no, that we're going to use it. So no, but talking. the thing with Michael Owen, it's the same thing that happened with him. Our people say, right, you're this, you're pure and clean, and this is how you're going to be. That's what happened to Michael Owen. That's what happened to Elvis. It's nothing's changed. I don't know why people want people to be how they think people should be. And that is what was sad about Elvis. And to a certain extent, I listened to Michael and I listened to Michael a lot. I'd speak to him. I mean, a lot. I'm in his company a lot. Very funny, very intelligent bloke, but he's got a lot of good stuff to say. And again, somebody that was pigeonholed of how you should be. Boom, mm -hmm. like that. So that is just that. Coming off of the back of all that bollocks, Elvis is great. Go and watch it. Bullet train. I don't know. So you're saying Michael Owen is the Elvis Presley of football? <laughs> is that what we took from that? That's what I'm baffled about. Do you think Elvis would have gone on The Masked Singer dressed up as a donut <laughs> if he was still alive? I Maybe. mean, he loved donuts. Maybe. No, but I remember, did, El no, but I remember Elvis went into a competition as, as an, an Elvis impersonator and came third. I read that as well because I'm a massive Elvis fan. and came third. Wow. You know? But that was it. I mean, on a serious note though, if Elvis was a footballer, who would he be? Because like, think about Elvis, he was, he was someone who this loads of people... very Stadio of you. Thanks yeah. very much, Mark. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, do, I do another podcast called Stadio, man. I've heard of it. It's quite... Yeah, it's a good question. Um, who's that cool? Someone that? who looks... He, so they look up to them a lot. 
they were kind of like one of a kind, I suppose. But they took in various influences and put it into and put it into one. I'd say wow. it was messy, really. I think messy's too good. Yeah, I feel like Messi's it's someone that that had a very sort of like short peak, but didn't really get a very long career on the pitch at the highest level. You could say Maradona. I think Maradona vibes because he was I'm such a maverick. Maradona, yeah, yeah, but he, he was, was so he blasted his comic was it was so it flew so fast. Maybe. Maybe Maradona simply because of how great he was and how and the hysteria around him as maybe, well. Yeah, yeah, maybe I was gonna say original Ronaldo because it was original like a very short Ronaldo. burst yeah. and yes. like yeah. Musa always says the story like if he goes into a room. Well, I saw it. He went the Champions League final in twenty fifteen mm-hmm. in Berlin. I went to this event there, and he walked past and just. The whole place just stopped. It, it does, it does. Yeah. I, I was fortunate enough to have a picture with him. Uh, Brazil were playing someone at, I think it was at, um, might have been Emirates, and he was in the next next mm. room doing his stuff. He seems like quite a shy, quiet really, guy. Wow, what a cool guy. Yeah. What a, what a, you know, and you know what, when you meet somebody, I was genuinely um, nervous and in awe of him. Mm. And he was really cool. Because obviously we'd done stuff where we, back in the day with Nike, especially the evil ad. You know what I mean? People were going past each other and so I met him there, Maldini and all them, like Eric Cannon and everybody. But like, I remember then as well, totally, you know, to the point where I was, you're almost, I was almost afraid of him. He, he had that much awe about him and he was really cool. Turned up two days late. It was like when I met Flo for the first time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shut too up. much aura, man. I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> too much Rita aura, am I anyway. right? <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Speaking of Ronaldo, let's talk about some greats. <laughs> And I'm white, Jill Scott retiring. <sighs> it's so sad. It, is it sad, makes me also, really sad. No, but... It's also such a kind of like mic drop. It is. It's, it's perfect. Isn't it's it? Perfect. Like won the Euros, England's first major trophy in 56 years. Bam. To be honest, with everything what they've been through, it's the perfect way to bounce. But can I just say there's a, a particular story um, that um, Jill Scott tells about like, uh, obviously, she's from the age of five and all, everything that's happened to her where they stopped her from playing because she's all that sort of stuff. But she said she's on the pitch with her medal on, with old Wembley, everybody's going crazy. And, you know, she had to do the, um, the line to lines mm. of running because she'd done so many in her life. And she tells a story about when she was younger, um, she used to just do shuttle runs. just to, to, right? And she said that she just called Lotta Wobbemoy and, um, and the coach, I can't remember which coach it was, and she said, I need to do one more line run here at Wembley with my medal on. And you know what was really strange? Because we was up there um, and we was watching. And what's great about the women's game is that they, they hang about after the games for, for ages. And I just love it. 
Yeah. I just love watching it. You see the kids go crazy, the girls, everybody's together. And I was watching them doing this run and it was just like, bam, bam, and they finished. And I thought, what was that about? And then when I read it, I get, obviously, burst into tears because it was such a significant and unbelievable moment for her. And the way she says, while she was doing it, I can't believe she didn't cry. I can't believe she didn't cry. And um, she said, while she's doing it, she knows this is the last ever one I'm doing. Look where I'm doing it. Yeah. It was, it was, that's the proper mic, that's a mic mm. drop, proper mic drop there, bro. I think the thing that really got me, that, that really like, pulled on my heartstrings, was the line in, in the Players' Tribune bit that she did, which was amazing. I mean, what a way to also kind of announce that you were going. But when she talked about when you love football, it's not rational. You pour everything mm -hmm. you have into it and it's like you don't even notice that you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even from someone who never got to play anywhere near the level that Jill Scott played, that obsession with you football, get you get it. Brilliant. You get it. And it's like where people who don't love something like anyone loves football, they don't understand that. And mm. it's, it, it, it's not rational. You can't explain it, mm -hmm. but it is. And we spoke about this on the podcast before about how love for the game is hard to quantify for, against love for other things, mm. other people, objects, mm. it, subjects, whatever. But that love is so special. And to see how she could express that in her sort of love letter to the game and, mm. and retirement announcement was just was so perfect. So yeah. perfect. We've talked about it a little bit with you, Righty, before where people have retired, but just kind of knowing when you're done, mm. yes. I think is such, in, in a sport which is, like ego plays such a major role in it, you know, you have to believe you're going to get there because it is so cutthroat, yep. especially with, we talked about it after the final and we've talked about it a lot on Righty's house and Stadio, but what what women footballers have had to go through just to get to the very top and the shit that they've had to endure mm. in addition to striving to be the best in their mm -hmm. sport. I think just kind of reaching that point where you're like, yeah, I've done it actually. Mm. There's nothing, there is nothing more that I want to achieve in the mm. game for me to kind of like struggle through it. It's like I've won, we won the Euros at home in front of a, the biggest, Big screen, the yeah. biggest attendance in the in Europe this year, in a final, and we're just like we're done. We're, also, you know. it's really hard for them to do that, and that's why I was quite surprised with a World Cup just around Not the corner. Because yeah. I thought, yeah. oh, they Jeez. might both try and hold on because the World Cup is so close; they can get one more roll of the dice and potentially try and win the World Cup and then go. Yeah, especially especially Ellen White because mm. she's a little bit younger. Um, so that's what really surprised me. Jill was out of contract. So mm. the fact that she wasn't signing with a club felt like there were more signs that this could be the end. Especially with the stuff with like what Everton and Villa over the last couple of years. Yeah. It was like... Yeah, but, yeah, but with Helen, like I said, when it, when it comes right, you know. There might have been a few games in that particular tournament as well and some games what she played in that season where she'd done well to get into the squad with the season she had at City. And so to play in that tournament and and some of the games, I wouldn't say she had a greatest, a, a greatest tournament, but some, there's a lot of games you watch and you, you might be thinking to yourself, you know something. We, sp I mean, we spoke about yeah, it. We yeah. spoke about it a lot. You, and you, you, you recognise. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what is great about what she's done, like you said, she is young enough. She could have maybe hung on to try and get more like, glory for herself because you look at Alessia Russo's, she's coming now. Ebony Salmon's coming through. You know, she, I still think she had a little role to play, maybe just a little yeah. bit of guidance, but She's chosen to do that. And I have to say, I think she's right simply because of the occasion and the time. 
And you know what I mean? The, 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 like when she mentions how much, people don't realise how much sacrifice goes in, in, yeah. into a, a player. Not even just the male, male players, obviously as well, but women players, even more what families have to do yeah. and what they have to go through for your particular, your, your family member who's a player to get through and continue to go through. So when you see her letter, what she wrote about, you know, retiring and thanking the people, I totally get it. Yeah. I think she, they both could not do any more. Mm. I, I also think when you're a, a player like Ellen White, who is such a hard worker, I think you probably more than anything recognise when your body can't work yeah, as hard yeah, as it yeah. used to. Yeah. And that's probably quite a big wake up call for her because Jill Scott, she was she she wasn't training full time anyway in the past season. No. Like her, she'd already started to slow down and was prioritizing basically England and match day. Mm. Whereas Ellen White is such a elite athlete mm. that she probably recognised like I can't yeah. perform at feeling. my own level. It's a horrible I think, feeling. I think what's really hard though, and and I think what's really interesting is and why so many people were surprised is because she was so close to surpassing Wayne Rooney's record. Mm. I think people thought she would do that and, and they maybe go. retire. Mm. But I mean, like, you know, credit to her, she says, I, I don't care about that. It's about me and, yeah. and I'm happy with my achievements. And that's why a lot of people were quite shocked, I think, because they thought, well, you're so close. Yeah. You're so close to that's getting that what, record. That's kind of what I was saying before about the ego side of it, when you just yeah. kind of like, you're actually like, no, it's time I'm for us to step aside. I got, yeah. Kelly, I got Kelly Smith's record, yeah, job done. But also, <laughs> if you think about it, so many players don't get the luxury, not the luxury, but the... What's the word I want to use? Like the gift, if you like, of being able to retire at a point where you know it's not going to really, get, it, it might not get much higher than that. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be really, really hard to win another one. So if you just bounce, mm -hmm. your legacy is always going to be there. You're going to be like untouchable at that club or at international level if you win in a tournament. So for Ellen and Jill, I think they are, they are two like gigantic figures in women's football in England and at international level and being able to just step away after finally winning a major tournament is just the most baller move yeah. like I can't I can't give them enough respect or flowers I also think it's really yeah. emotional because Beautiful. just chucking the flowers out just throwing the... flowers this is a good thing about video now <laughs> yeah, you can just the... we need to actually we get the flowers good, yeah. we'll just get some graphics we need just to actually yeah. bring in it. flowers when we're giving flowers, flowers just, bam, them just throw them up <laughs> I think, up, I think what's really emotional as well is that in the past kind of like 18 months, we've now seen Farrah Williams retire, mm. Anita Asante retire, Ellen White and Jill Scott retire. And it's a serious changing of the guard moment. Yeah. And um, I think what is so reassuring about um, the talent in that England team is you know that these young players are ready to step mm -hmm. up and mm -hmm. these players who have carried the game on their yeah, backs. Yeah. They know it's, it's in good hands. It's in brilliant hands. And I, I mean, I, I, I do feel quite sad that, that someone like Farrah Williams never got that moment that, that Ellen and Jill got mm -hmm. at Wembley. And um, But even though I know after the final whistle, she said, you know, she felt like she was part of that yeah. and she felt yeah. like she almost had a medal. Like people who have been through so much and given so much to the game, there is nothing more satisfying, like you said, to say like, now you've got something to yeah. show for it yeah. you've got and that's what Jill talks about it's like having that heavy Metal. gold thing around <laughs> my neck so is sweet. all I wanted it's yeah. all I wanted and it would have been absolutely criminal mm. if those two players had gone without having something like that because people within the game knew that they were legends knew that they were you know brilliant athletes and great people but now no one will forget you know 
around the world, they were the best of the you, best. You know, I, I can't wait for them to, to whatever they're going to go on to do in, in respects of, because you, you hear Jill Scott talking about wanting to help the game. She's just waiting. What do you want me to do? She, you can see she's a helper. She's a giver. She's, that's what her, her game was about. That's what she's about. Can you imagine what it's going to be like for Jill Scott to be able to speak to young girls about the, the, the journey? None of them now. And what, we, what, what is hopefully in place and what they've seen is that none of them will have to have the, 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 the hardship and the journeys that these ladies who have inspired the whole country um, and actually someone yeah. else we've got to give flowers Go to is Mo Marley who yes, Jill references yes. in her letter In first, she uh, said she had to run to the dressing room yeah, to send her a message her, instantly and she was someone that, that Farah mentioned as well in her retirement letter because she's someone that helped Farah through a lot you know her time being her times being homeless and Hope Powell as well but mentors and and you know someone who 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 was such a, a great talent spotter and so much of the success that England had over the last 10, 15 years is pretty much down to Mo Marley and she's someone who deserves yes, so many flowers. Mm. That's what I'm, I'm hoping they can find a role for the Jill Scotts and Ellen Whites of this world because you can't lose the, the wealth of experience that, that they've, they've had. You, it has to be used. And that's the thing about coaching, isn't it? Is, be, is having the, the capability and to be able to, tra to transmit what you're saying so as people can get it, so as then they can improve. Yeah. Who was That's the best coach can... that you had, like you learned from the most in terms of... Glenn Oddle. Yeah. Glenn Oddle, um, he was somebody that just like, he just wanted to see, the, yeah. see it done properly. And like... He, Not he, Arsene. No, no, was no, it like no, different no, things? No, it's like, totally different. Arsene yeah. Wenger wasn't that... He wasn't a technique guy, No, right? no, he wasn't. No. Glenn Hoddle was all about the technique and... Right. Getting it right I and getting your yeah, body right. Yeah, was a bit more like just free your yeah. mind and play. Doing stuff. Yeah. Free your mind, man. Yeah. That's what it was. But Glenn Oddle, I'd say probably Steve Koppel. Um, Steve Koppel for his, um, the drive he gave me in that never ever be satisfied with anything mm. when you're on. Never be satisfied. Before we move on from mm. Jill Scott and Alan White's mm -hmm. retirement, you said changing of the guard. Mm -hmm. Just had a squad announcement. Who's in? Mary Earps, Sandy McIver, Ellie Roebuck. Melly Bright, Lucy Bronze, Jess Carter, Rachel Daly, Alex Greenwood, Demi Stokes, Leah Williamson, Lottie Wubben-Moy, Jordan Nobbs. Oh, hey. back in the Georgia game. Georgia Stanway, Ooh. Ella Toon, Kira Walsh, Katie Zellum, Beth wow. England, Lauren Hemp, Lauren James, Beth Mead, Nikita Paris, Lauren Alicia James, Russo, and Ebony Salmon. Lauren James. Lauren James has been brilliant in pre-season and I'm glad to see her fit and firing. That's exciting. That's Can really I say exciting. Well, Katie Zellum. Katie Zellum coming. That's going to be an interesting one for Kate because she got kind of left out. Yeah. And you know what's brilliant about, about Katie Zellum is she got left out of the squad and I think, you know, a lot of people expected her to not make it. But she spent the whole summer being the number one hype woman for that team. Wow. She was at loads of events. She was on TV. She was on radio. Well she wasn't done. salty whatsoever. She was no. saying, go and get that fucking trophy. Get, and she's I'm a so team player. She was like the equivalent of Grind Never Stops, but for the team. Yeah. Yes. Not when the day's like, yeah. Grind like, Never no Stops in Box Park Croydon. Let's go. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. 
but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Can we talk about the Man United-Liverpool game, please? Yes. Well, you guys because were there, so we were tell there. me all about it. We nearly missed it. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Oh, what was, happened? They stopped letting people in at one point because it was of the protest. Oh, because of that protest, yeah. 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 It was so, we just stuck outside, yeah, but it, for example. I was really excited about the game. Mm. And I, if I'm going to be totally honest, I couldn't see Man United winning that game. Um, once you saw Liverpool's team, you thought, well, if they, if they can have a goal, then this is the time they should have a goal. But are they going to have the energy? Because we saw what happened in the first game. They didn't run enough and all this sort of stuff where they... They showed that, um, that they can run enough. And then they put money. It was the way they should have played. And it's the way I believe that at the moment, what he's going through, Ten Hag, he has to play like that. He has to play counter-attack football. You know what I mean? Even if it is at, you know, Old Trafford. Because for me, they, they're not controlling midfield. We'll see what happens when Casemiro plays. But I thought they were the energy. What were the, f- the fuck? The fans, man. So loud in there. Honestly, man. It was like, it was brilliant. Was you know, so because to, to be able to walk up to the ground, yeah, you don't well, get to do that a lot, do you? No, no. no. And you know what? Remember when, because we couldn't get in because our car, when we went in, we, we had to stop outside. So we, so we walked just walked in. like the last 10 minutes. And at first I thought, like, I'm going to put a mask on. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to put a mask on. You know what I mean? I'm just going to walk up. I just yeah. want to walk up. And you can see people are just looking. Righty, righty, righty. Yeah, I mean, no one gave me a shit. The, the funniest no, thing was, was just like, you should have signed for us. <laughs> you should have signed, signed for a big club. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the thing is, is that, so when you got there, that's the only time we had to stop was there. But then, you know, going in, I just thought to myself, this support, and you get it, I get it with it Newcastle. It was so loud. Man. It was so loud. They deserve more. You can't help but feel that. You know what I mean? They are behind that team. And like, you, you look at Liverpool, they, they just, they're not starting right. They're not starting right. right. I think this was one of those games though where it's, it's, hmm. Like the fans that they had, a, obviously the, the protest before, so everyone's, everyone's, mm. We, we always talk about this, right? The direction of travel. And if you have a direction of travel as a fan base, you can forgive a lot of what's going on on the pitch. And I think this is what's going on at Manchester United at the moment with the fans is that their anger is directed at ownership. They see that they have a generational, potentially a generational coach in at the club now on the right side of their career trajectory for the first time in a long time. So what's happening is that obviously they've had a really, really bad start. There was a lot of e-walking going on that we've talked <laughs> about. And the fans kind of just really focused on getting behind the team, the team and, and you could really tell there was you know never, was really good even, even, just, even, sorry go on no I was just going to say what, I don't, not interrupting to interrupt but Owen Hargreaves said you know what because he was doing the show and he says what do you think what do you think the score is what do you, what do you think they're going to he said you know something I'm not bothered about the score I just want a performance yeah. mm. and they got it they yeah. really got it and I think that what he did really smartly was make two bold lineup choices and dropping Harry Maguire and mm. Cristiano Ronaldo that absolutely worked because mm. Liverpool don't have, especially with Darwin Nunez suspended, they don't have a a, yeah. a, a guy who's going to bully Martinez mm-hmm. in the air mm-hmm. up front. And this is a perfect game, I thought, for him to play to play with that yeah. in that back four with Varane. Because what Ten Hag needs to do here, not wanting to go too too serious, but mm. I think that this isn't how Manchester United are going to play all no. season. But they had to play this way against Liverpool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we we were talking I'm about glad it. He recognized yeah, it. we were talking mm. about it on the way up and then on the way down about how how managers needing time and managers getting time mm. is such a 
it's almost like a really rare thing now, especially in the Premier League. Like if you look at the average time of, of a managerial stint in the mm. Premier League, it's super low now. Yeah. You've seen it with Mikel Arteta and they're not there yet, but there were a load of people who wanted him to go a couple of years ago, yeah. a year yeah. ago. Yeah, Arteta out, man. And now they are... Get a couple all... of bad results. We'll see that again now. Exactly, so. you will do. But what what's happening with Ten Hag, I think, is that the fan base know that it's not him. And the fans know that it's actually... A lot of the time, not the players. A lot of these players have been undercoached. And we mm. saw that t- yes. put in the right house group during that. the game that Martial right. coming on, he looks like he's going to be such an important player for how Ten Hag wants this United team to play eventually. And it's just about building blocks, isn't it? Like, this is a massively galvanizing win for them. And it'll buy a lot of time for mm. him, but also for the players just to kind of regroup. And for them, they need to all be together. And mm. I think that the first two games, it looked like they kind of weren't. They weren't. You know? Can I say a bit with, with Marcus Rush? Because obviously when Jane and Sancho scored, I kind of, you know, you get you clap you're around them. And it's not because I, d- I didn't want them to think, oh, why are you not clubbing? Who are you supporting Liverpool? But I genuinely, I remember Curtis Jones, because Curtis Jones was watching it with us. And like when I, when I um, got up and I was clapping Jane, I said, I'm so pleased for Jane. And he went like that to me, like, sit down. <laughs> kind of went like that to me, sit down with his face. But like, um, I, was, I was delighted for him because I really want him to do well with everything that's um, him coming, with the hype he came under and the fact that he is a great player. He just needs to, like I say, he needs to get the tools around him, Sancho. He needs the tools around him. Same with Marcus. When Marcus scored, going through, because going through on that chance from the way he was put in, and I, you know, I, I thought, oh God, please don't call him offside. You know what I mean? How they can dif- differentiate the offsides like Jesus's and all the offsides, what I saw, but this one was onside. I don't know how they've done it, but that's a different story. But I was so nervous for him going through because he's going through against Allison as well. It's a great pass and he finished so well. And then I celebrated for him again simply because I'm pleased for him. Yeah. I am so pleased for him because what he's going through, I don't think, I think the same thing like Harry Maguire would form. It's, it's, it's they're getting to a point where they're, they're giving him so much stick. Mm. You actually wonder if they can get back to where they were. I genuinely hope, like, like Harry Maguire has been dropped now. Maybe he should have been dropped a while back just to get his form back. Get out of it. Take yourself out of it a bit and then get back in and then find your form again. And that's what's happened with Marcus Rashford is that he's been in there and he's in and he's out then he plays badly then he gets sick then he comes in he misses a and then you see him playing in a game like that with the fans right behind him and scoring and scoring very very well very accomplished you cannot help but feel, feel, feel happy for him and I was happy for him and I was happy for Jaden and it wasn't a case of oh I'm supporting Man United just like I'm happy I'm happy for Liverpool. If Liverpool win, after, I just, you're just happy. I, I, it doesn't bother me now. You're also very happy about Harvey Elliott. You know, the thing with him as well is that he's coming into a team that they, obviously there's, there's, a, there's no thrust in that midfield at the minute. But I think that he's somebody, I think when Curtis Jones comes back, mm. him, Harvey Elliott and one other, I don't know whether it's Fabinho, you know, I don't know if it'll be Anderson or Milner, I don't know. But them two can be, they can be a major force as, as time goes by. I think that that's what can happen. I thought Mo was quite, quite disappointed. I don't know what was, was wrong. He was a little quiet. But I thought Malasia, I thought he played him very well. Same with Dallo on Diaz, Luis Diaz. I thought Dallo played well against him. But I think that um, Man United played like a team that recognised this Liverpool team have not started well and not quite at it. And what, what I'm recognising at, at the start of this season, which is really, really refreshing to see, is teams having a go. 
You know, you see, did you see Leeds against Chelsea? I, but I, that's what I think. Fucking I think it's going to be really interesting. Wonder, can I keep it, it up, was, do you think? It was such a define. It felt like such a defining weekend in the season, even though we're not even at the end of August mm. yet. So I'm really intrigued to see how those two results specifically impact the next couple of months mm. because we, I mean, we see it all the time when a big team loses, there's just like tremendous panic. But certainly the impact of that defeat for Chelsea has been it, pretty seismic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's real panic stations just because of how poor Leeds have been in the last kind of like 10 months and the expectation there. But I mean, Leeds were so impressive in yes. that game. So impressive. Yes. And then the same with that United result. Like this could be like you said, Ryan, huge moment for United in their season, the building blocks that then mm. maybe, you know, kickstart an amazing run. Mm. And at the same time, Liverpool are now thinking, well, we've obviously got issues with our squad and the depth mm. and, and suspensions and injuries. But where do, the, where do Chelsea and Liverpool, and I know you hate these questions, like, where do they go from here? And I don't mean I don't it in that kind of like, it's not mm. the end of August message, but yeah. it's kind of crazy to have such a, a weekend of, of big results. I just like seeing teams... Um, like like you look at Leeds and I think that Chelsea will go to Leeds and you know it's going to be the atmosphere is going to be unbelievable Wait, I mean they hate it's, each other like that. honestly it's, <laughs> yeah. unbe it's unbelievable back in the day I remember yeah. watching them when I was a kid I remember watching the Leeds against Chelsea when I, was, when I was really young but like I'm thinking that these top teams like Chelsea City Liverpool um, all of the teams them, them teams in particular you know um, I, I'm thinking like when I was at Celtic for a bit you get a stage in the game where the first 25, 30 minutes, you're thinking, we can, it, this is an onslaught like you never believe. In, at Celtic, I remember John, John Barnes and Eric Black, you say, see that 30 minutes off, they will, they'll, they'll tail off. Yeah. That's what I think that, the, that Chelsea thought that might have happened against Leeds. I think that they were absolutely stunned and shocked at the intensity of Leeds. I think that Man City was shocked that Newcastle just kept trying. And then you've got an individual like Sam Maximum who's just like saying, no, Carl, Carl, I'm going to take you on. It's the first time I've seen him feel a little bit like, oh, shaky. Like we've seen Virgil. Virgil, what's Virgil doing? I thought you were going to do that. A little bit woo. I honestly thought he was going to break it out. I'm a little bit, you know. But it feels like the gap, it feels like the gap is closing, which is amazing. I know like it is not only in the pressure, Putting top players under pressure. That's what I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. You see how they react. You see Virgil, Virgil, what was he doing? His hands behind his back. Like five yards off of Sancho, trying to do that tackle, what we used to do when we were kids with your back foot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Seeing like, seeing like Conor Gallagher. James Milner absolutely like he, tore, he into, him, tore into him. But what I like to see is the same with City and what we saw with City is the quality in the end, they got it done, but they were flustered. And what you want to see from teams is don't go there and just like, it's Man City, let's get the, let's get the deep blocking, low blocking and let just frustrate the game out of them. And then, you know, Man City end up Scoring one, scoring, bam, beating Dude, them three, four, nil. I literally anyway. said this on Stadio on mm. Monday about We've, like I about want, how I many, want the league to carry on like yeah, that. Yeah, but how many times have we talked about, um, especially in, with reference to Barcelona women, mm. about when teams get they kind of get consumed by the with the idea of playing Barcelona mm. as opposed mm. to actually playing, playing Barcelona. Them, yeah, and it happens with all great teams that you play the idea of playing them, and actually if you go for them, and we saw it in the Champions League, we saw it at uh, Wolfsburg in the second leg and in the final. Teams that went for them, actually, and didn't respect them, 
gave them a bit of a bloody nose. Yeah. And Arsenal, yes. Arsenal twice tried to work out a way to exactly. play Barcelona and it failed Well, actually, they should have just times. gone for them yeah. because it's like I said, I said on study, I think the literal words I said was like, you know, they're not used to getting bopped on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a bit like, someone's just bopped me on the I nose. I remember that's what happened when we were younger. We had this guy's name was Peter Zelafonte. Right, it was... Really, to leave sounds like, he sounds like a magician. He was 12 and he, he had a beard and everything, but he was big. And he was a he had really a beard when you were 12. Yeah, he was really big, <laughs> a lot of hair on it. He was like, we were all kind of afraid of him. And I remember me, Conrad, Clive, um, Trevor, Conrad's little brother, and we're playing against him and his mates from down the, the block down. The, and like, what happened was, is that, I can't lie, I was a little bit afraid of him, but like, he kind of respected because we could play. And him and Conrad, my mate Conrad, God rest his soul, you know, he, he passed. Um, they got in a little altercation and before you knew what happened, he got a, Conrad punched him straight in the face. And he started crying. And the point I'm trying to make is, is that we were so afraid of him. No one ever saw him doing that. Because obviously we're seeing this guy, he's 12, 13, he's got a, he's got a moustache, he's got this little beard grey. He's bullying everybody when he's playing. And all of a sudden, somebody's just gone bang. And like when that happened, all of a sudden, it, it was gone, the, emperor didn't, it, the emperor's got no clothes on. Is it? Never, never underestimate the impact of just bopping someone on the nose. <laughs> never, Metaphorically. Yeah, metaphorically. But the thing is, the point I'm that. making, the point I'm making is, is that you never know how they're going to react until yeah. you put them in a yeah. position but if, where they but, have but, to. But that's the thing, fans, and every single time I watch QPR, uh, and it, is, it seems so basic, but all the fans want to see is someone having a go, yeah. someone running mm -hmm. around a little bit, mm -hmm. being a bit physical, getting in people's face. Yeah. And whenever I see that as like a journalist, and, and I th I'm sure when players see it, they're like, oh, yawn, like all you have to do is run around a bit and the fans clap and get excited. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you can achieve quite a lot by running around a yeah. bit yeah. and getting a little bit aggy exactly. and aggressive I mean, and physical. It's just like, that's all, that's all so many fans want to see. Jesse and again, Marsh as well. Old Trafford, they went wild for that. Yes, like, they loved it. If you, if you do that, the fans will get behind you. Arsenal this season, I think, are a, a perfect example of that as well. Just like taking games head first, head on, and grabbing them by the scruff of the neck mm. and going for it. And at the end of the day, that is That's what all. fans want. They really. don't want much. On the other side, I mean, uh, shouts to second captains because they referenced this the other day as mm. well. But <laughs> Pep's post-match interview after the Newcastle game, he was talking about how sometimes we were a little bit too... Like we kind of broke through and then we got it, we turned over and then we were getting counterattacked. And, and Ken said on second captains that I think Pep Guardiola is the first manager to say that he thinks he wants his team to attack a little bit more slowly. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, no, attacking too fast. Too, you're too quick, guys. You're too quick. It's like costing <laughs> But back to the Man United Liverpool game because mm. I think what's really important for this is that like let the let fans have their moments of joy because. Mm. When you're going through a transition and you've got a new manager in, there are going to be these kind of results. Like this is essentially a derby, right? It's a, it's a, in derbies or classicos, if you want to call them that, that, these results come up no matter where the form, what the form table says or yeah. the quality of each squad says. Manchester United are going to struggle against some teams this season. They're going to maybe, I don't well, know. We've seen that, yeah. They might struggle against Fulham or, mm. not Fulham, or they may struggle against Bournemouth some of the newly promoted sides but they may beat Arsenal at Old Trafford because they usually fucking do to be honest anyway <laughs> no matter how bad they are but there will be these peaks and troughs but that's the I don't want to sound like this I'm, sound, I'm sounding Say like it, I'm man. on we'll see if you are sounding like it you've got to hashtag trust the process you've got to hashtag grind never stop mm -hmm. and just let the results play out and, and enjoy the wins enjoy the yeah. wins when they enjoy happen. the wins enjoy because, the wins like why mm -hmm. like 
Why mm-hmm. why do we like football if we don't enjoy winning? Like fun police. But this is why the problem. This is the problem I had when Hate I remember the fun doing the fun police. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the count of three, they fuck the fun police. Fuck the fun police. Fuck the fun police. But you know, it's the same thing with like England. Remember doing England, whether it was a 2018 World Cup, whether it's the Euros, getting to the final. It's like I, I say it all the time. It's that they don't want. The, if, as soon as you get excited as an England fan, everyone's like, "Oh, here they go again. Oh, we're going to win this all." No. You're, you're, you, you watch your team for your team to give you that bit of joy so you're happy. It's the same thing I say with Arsenal fans at the moment. People keep saying, yeah, it's free games. Yes, it is free games. But the journey that Arsenal fans have been on for the last couple of years, the shit that the managers had to take, the shit that Arsenal fans have given each other and how toxic our fan base could be sometimes, and the way it's gone, you know, up to this point, this is a good moment. Last season this time, we have like, we're bottom of the league. Hadn't scored a goal. You know what I mean? Now we're top of the league. You know what I mean? And, you know what I mean? Not lost the game. You know, and, and this is, a, as a football fan, you're happy, right? Why are you not happy now? People say, yeah, it's only three games. So fucking what? It doesn't matter. You know, be happy, fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, 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 there's Life so much is to be... too short it's to too be miserable short. about. And the way the game is as well sometimes. The league is in Arsenal's hands. <laughs> I'm just saying. And do you know what? None of you can tell me I'm wrong because it literally fucking is. Like the whole the whole entire weekend, my girlfriend was just going to me, we're going to win the league. No, no, no. no. And no, I was like, shut up, shut truth. up. You know, the thing is, though, what's good about it is, is that you just, you look at our, the, the next games. I can't remember who the next couple of games are. Fulham at home next week. So Fulham, yeah. tough game, brilliant game. Brilliant game because like it's another really good test of a squad that's very confident knowing that you're going to go to a Fulham side that is going to be And you're going to get roughed, roughed up by Mitrovic, which is a big test. Up. What's good about that is, is that it's another brilliant test. And if they get through it by not losing, because let's face it, the three games that Arsenal have played up to this point, especially last season, they're games that Arsenal could have lost. Mm. It's games that Arsenal would struggle in. And let's face it, they've been very, I think they've been comfortable in them. I mean, they've been comfortable. So the test is still to come, but I think they've passed the test up to this point. But what I'm, the point I don't want to get away from is enjoy it. As any fan, enjoy it. Like even Tottenham fans, I know, I know they got booed off at halftime. But in the end, they won 1-0. Yeah, I was saying this on Stadio. Like, yeah. if, if I was a Spurs fan, Spurs, Spurs are looking a little bit ominous because well, I don't want to repeat what we said on Stadio, so let's be brief. But like three games in, mm. not really been amazing in any of them, but they've got seven points and they're unbeaten. Thank you. Like, Thank that's, you. That, that, that could very Sounds easily like be... Sounds like a bit of an Antonio Conte masterclass to me. Well, yeah, this is what he's whatever. doing, and you know what the thing with the thing with with um, with Conte is he's not bothered about the noise. He knows what he, I still would like to. I think, did they try to get Christian Eriksen back? I, no, I, I think they were linked, but I don't know how heavy see, the, I, I the, feel the attempts were. The only thing that's really missing is that creative midfielder from that team. You know, everything's going to go wide. It's going to come in the box, and then what happens is it, if it is tight, if the game's tight, bam, Harry Kane's movement for his goal. Underrated people. I didn't think I didn't see enough talking about how many moves he made when that ball was kicked to the point it got flicked on to the point where he's like everybody would have seen it. Went oh, is he just getting a tap in a yard out? He made three moves on that defender, and the last move he made, he was going towards the goal. The defender was going away from the goal because that is what you do when you're an elite striker and you know that you know what this game's going to hang on one chance of me doing this. It's not me going through and getting a one a one-on-one and slotting it. It's me doing the work in the box here to get the half a yard. You watch it, Flo, if you get a chance. Watch how many moves he makes to get the head, to just head it into from a yard out. Because people say, why isn't he marked? Because his movement was great. That is what, that's what Tottenham have got. 
And that is what he's going to probably build on. The fact that we're going to be resolute. We're going to make sure that we don't get beat. We've got a guy up there. He'll take an half chance. Because mm. I think Sonny's not quite at it at the moment. But that's the thing. They don't need to be as mm. much now this season like yeah. they have in the past. But looping it back to Man United Liverpool. Because yes. I think the big takeaway from this is just it continues a theme of this season is that anyone can beat anyone in this league. Yeah. And the gap, like you said, Flo, like the gap is closing. And it's been closing for a while. But I just think that it's so impossible to call this year. And there are going to be a lot of teams. I mean, going into it, I think we said on Stadio that the top six kind of looks set. And actually, I'm not so sure now. I, I think the most important thing for me as well is how like I know so much of it is down to loads of clubs spending loads of money, but that's for another podcast. But the fact that Fulham and Bournemouth and Forest to an extent, they bought so many players, it's going to be interesting how they all bed in. But the fact that they don't look so far away, I think is really important because I think these clubs coming up need to establish establish themselves uh, to put an end to the mm. just like constant conveyor yeah. belt and carousel of, of teams, which makes it harder for other teams to break through. But I think that's important to see a little bit of sustainability, mm. whatever that means. Um, but a consistency as well and be able to know that if you go up to the Premier League, you might stay there for a little bit rather than just kind of like cashing in because yeah. it, it's hard. It's hard. I think it's going to be really hard for a team like Burnley now, no, no matter how impressive they've been already, to come back up and stay up yep. because of what these teams are coming up. They're, they're, they're coming, coming up, up and playing really nice, creative energy. Yeah. football. Different it's energy, not man. just like sit back, take the money and try and not concede that many goals. That's yeah, what I, I think. Need, we need I think, that. I think that was one of the most impressive things about Manchester United actually though, in the, th- in the fact that the- like statistically it looked like Liverpool dominated the game and Klopp mm. said afterwards that we should have won this game or there was a game this is a game we should have won I think he said on Sky maybe I saw the quotes was it 70% 30 yeah but yeah. I think I think I, I can kind of see what he means by that even though I don't think Manchester United didn't deserve it if that makes sense because there was a period towards the end of the mm. first half where me and him were, uh, me and Ian were saying we were kind of talking and we were like if Liverpool score now then yeah. United are in trouble mm-hmm. like if they can if they can hold out till half time they're in a really, really good place here because Liverpool did start to turn the screw a little bit and they cut them open a couple of times. That was the chance though. And I think what Klopp means by that, not wanting to kind of, you know, be his own mouthpiece kind mm. of thing, but is that if one of those goes in and it's one all at half time yeah, and Liverpool a, have yeah. had most of the momentum, it's a, I think it is a different game. But, I, <laughs> but then again, Manchester United deserve a lot of credit for weathering that storm. Mm, they did. And they weren't, it never did, felt yeah. that though, even though Liverpool were creating chances, it, it never felt like Man United was super hanging on. But the, yeah, but the thing is, when when you look at it, even with the, um, the 70, 70%, 30, 70 to 30%, it didn't feel like that because like I felt like yeah, Man United stale, felt fucking dangerous. Yeah. You know, even though Every Liverpool... Every time they broke. They, yeah, they, they felt looked, dangerous. Yeah. So I was like, when, when you saw the stats like that, the possession stats, I was thinking, yeah, but I'm afraid every time Man United right, break on Liverpool at the moment. You know? But I, and I still feel as well, I don't mention him briefly, but watching Virgil van Dijk against Fulham and then watching him again yesterday, I think, it's, I think people are going are to start to try and you've got to have a go. I think, I think having different partners each game doesn't that help That doesn't either, help him, no. of course. Yeah, but this is why at this stage, this is where you've got to say, right, let's factor that in. Mm. You know what I mean? He's still, right, who's the partner? I thought Joe Gomez was pretty, pretty solid. I mean, yeah, he I looked thought, pretty good. I like Joe Gomez, man. But like, I think that this is the time where, again, it comes down to margins in this league. If at the moment he's not quite mm, centred in what's going on, people say it takes the second season when you've had the injury he's had to really get yourself going because I don't think he was really majorly tested 
too much last season, but this season we've seen straight off the bat Mitrovic, bam, straight in. Yesterday, like the, the Man United game, people going, to, you know, taking him on, going at him. You know, I, I feel, I feel that this season is the one where we're going to see a lot and get a lot of answers in respects of what he's about, what City are about, what, what Arsenal are about. I'm, I'm so excited to see where, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting that. Mm. It's really quite exciting. I've just wanted yeah. to carry on like it's going. I, I, I'm hoping it's not just because we're at the start of the season. Everybody's like fresh and ready to go, and let's just get as many as we can now. Ah, quicks. Let's let's you know, like when like when the pandemic comes. Ah, toilet paper. Ah, <laughs> I'm hoping it's not. We're not in that situation with the Premier League. Ah, quick toilet paper. Let's get as many points as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's an analogy I haven't heard before. Let's buy as much toilet paper as we can. Quick, let's stock up. Because then you think that at some stage, the teams, I, I, the top I, teams I, are going to get themselves going. <laughs> the top teams are going to get their form back and then they're going to start picking us apart. I just want it to get to that place where the top teams feel like, yeah, this is where they'll start to run out of energy. Like what they'll think with Leeds. Looking at Leeds' energy thinking, there's no way anyone can keep up that kind of energy, but they can. Because when you watch, that, watch the way they play, they're not, trying to play through the team. They're passing, but they're knocking that ball into space, getting Daniel James and people like that. Aronson running onto it. You know, Rodrigo holding up really well, putting pressure on teams in the final third and keeping the pressure on them. Can they keep that up? Because if they can, they're going to beat a lot of teams at Ellen Road. And you know what? They're going to beat a lot of teams away from home as well. And they're going to get a lot of toilet paper. They're going <laughs> to... They're going to hoard so it. So much. They're going to hoard, hoard it. Solid, right? Hoard that toilet paper, everybody. <laughs> this is just another result in a league season already after three games where the major players have all dropped points mm -hmm. and the major it's players... It's a great for the, season. It's already, it's, it looks like a great season and uh, I am here for it. I'm loving that. It's I'm almost as good it. as the Bundesliga. No one can stop me. No one can stop me. He has a friend of Bundesliga like that. <laughs> So, that, so are we done? Yeah, and do you know what's funny now? Because we're actually recording this in the studio. Mm. We're not in your house. You can't kick us out. Can't kick us out. <laughs> so. We live here now. We've got loads of toilet paper as well. My house. My house. Um, so that's it, man. Yeah, that's right, man. That's it. So I'll see you soon. Yeah. It's I mean, been great. Look, it's just, look, I'm like next to you. It's crazy. We're here in the same room. We're in the nice, same room. Man. It's lovely. Let's do it again. We'll right. I'll see you soon, guys. Yeah, yeah. Take lovely. it easy. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much, Ryan Hunt. Thank you, Flo Lloyd Hughes. I'll see you again next week, guys. Um, I'm really excited about the season so far. It's going really well. It's really exciting. I hope it can stay like this. Exactly like this. For selfish reasons, obviously. See you next week. <laughs>